Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Mothball Prophecies. I am your host, Jonathan. This is a very special episode, a bonus episode, if you will, because today is a very special day. See, there are a lot of holidays that occur on May 3rd. May 3rd, for instance, is Lumpy Rug Day. Have no idea how to celebrate that. It's also Public Radio Day. I know how to celebrate that. I do every morning with my coffee. It's also Garden Meditation Day. So I hope you spend time in your garden appreciating your plants. And even if you don't have a garden, go find something green and open your mind. Because the holiday I'm celebrating today is Paranormal Day. Today, we're going to Honey Island Swamp in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. Honey Island Swamp is roughly 70,000 acres large, and half of that is under the protection of wildlife management. The swamp is home to a wide range of creatures, such as nutria, bald eagles, many species of birds, and alligators, as one might expect in these parts. Honey Island Swamp is also home to a creature of modern legend, or at least one that sprang to life a little less than 60 years ago. That is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Now, in the 1960s and 70s, it was a time when, well, at least in my opinion, those were the peak years that Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and large hairy creature sightings across the United States came into being. And while many people like to look to the Pacific Northwest, specifically the Patterson-Gimlin film from 1967, the first sighting of the Honey Island Swamp Monster predates that by a few years. Back in 1963, Harlan Ford, without whom we arguably wouldn't have a legend at all, was out hunting with a friend. Ford and his friend liked to explore Honey Island Swamp to hunt, fish, and uncover new territory because not many people had actually explored Honey Island Swamp. They were walking to a new campsite in the morning when they spotted what they thought was a large animal standing on all fours. As I mentioned before, the swamp is indeed home to a bunch of different animal species, and, and among those... There are bears and wild boars. So the two men didn't give this much thought, you know, seeing a large animal on all fours in the swamp. No big deal. Until they got a little bit closer. Harlan's friend exclaimed, What the hell is that thing? And apparently the creature heard them. It wheeled around. <laughs> and the Honey Island Swamp Monster was in full view. Harlan Ford's description of the creature, as documented in a letter he sent to Argosy Magazine, which was an American pulp fiction magazine in circulation from 1882 until 1978, was as follows. Its loins were slender while the chest and shoulders were tremendous. The head and face had a square appearance, and the entire body was covered with dingy gray hair. The head had long, wild hair. 
that almost touched the ground. That's a lot of detail for a rather startling first encounter, don't you think? However, the creature took off immediately and vanished, but the two men couldn't find any tracks from the creature. Dear Argosy Magazine, I'm not the kind of person who believes in this stuff, and I never thought something like this could happen to me. But life gets pretty crazy sometimes. Anyway. A few months later, Harlan Ford and his friend were out hunting in the swamp again, when they happened upon a dead boar with its throat torn out and gashes all over its body. Judging from the condition of the boar, it had been killed a few days ago, so they kept moving. Then they found another boar, killed in the same way as the first. After they walked another 30, 50 yards or so, they noticed the water rippling near the edge of the lake and thought it was a sign of ducks. Harlan and his friend crawled closer so they could get a clear shot at the ducks, but instead they saw another boar. It had been torn apart just like the other two, only it was hanging on for dear life and kicking in the water. This puzzled the two men, because, according to them, if it had been an alligator, it would have dragged the carcass into the water to eat it. Later on, in 1974, Harlan Ford was once again in the swamp when he found strange tracks on the ground. They were about 12 inches long, with three toes, or reptile-like claws, as Ford put it in his letter to Argosy magazine. Ford took plaster casts of the tracks and sent them to a zoologist at Louisiana State University. Unfortunately, the zoologist was unable to identify them. However, from the size of the tracks and the depth of the impressions, they estimated that the creature had to be about 7 or 8 feet tall and roughly 400 pounds. Now that there was something resembling tangible evidence, the media took notice. Eagle Films approached Harlan Ford about doing a documentary, but I can't tell if that was ever realized, because there is little to no evidence of an actual documentary about the Honey Island Swamp Monster being made in the 70s. Now, that doesn't mean we're without film records, though. But we'll get back into that a little later. Alan Landsberg's famous show, In Search Of, also took interest. If you are of a certain age, such as the host of this show, you may remember In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy as the host, and originally Rod Serling for like two or three big specials and one posthumous special. Uh, When Rod Serling passed on, they hired Nimoy, and Nimoy jumped at the chance. Pretty big shoes to fill, but I I think he did it. It, that, That show is iconic. Anyway, the In Search of Crew took interest and they devoted an entire episode to the Honey Island Swamp Monster and interviewed Ford about his experiences. Now, I have to tell you, I really like Harlan Ford's voice, and I love the way he tells stories. So let's listen to an interview with Harlan Ford. 
one evening late, just about dusk dark, a friend of mine, uh, we encountered eyes. They were yellow or amberish colored real wide apart. So this friend of mine, Jim Hartzog, he took a gun, went into this area and uh, to try to kill whatever it was. And uh, he says that he came face to face with this thing. It looked something like uh, eight, about seven foot tall. And he fired on it with using a headlight. He said when he did, the eyes went out. Uh, probably what happened, it turned and ran, and uh, he shot at it one more time. And uh, so, but we went back the next day and checked for sign and blood, but we didn't find any. So we figured Jim missed it that night. The last uh, sign that we've had, or anybody has had of this creature, and this is within the last four months, was on the sandbar where the thing crossed the river, crossed the sandbar and left footprints on it. That was found by a member of the Louisiana Wildlife Fish Commission. And that's been the very last contact we've had with it in this area. But the In Search of crew didn't just interview Harlan Ford. Ted Williams also had a few encounters with the Honey Island Swamp Monster. So let's listen to his story. First time I ever saw it, it was standing plumb still like a stump. My old trap line and I... I stopped after I realized it wasn't a stump. I knew it wasn't supposed to be there. And it run. When I stopped, it run. It was a dark, dark gray, about seven foot high. And it jumped a bow. That's the first sight I ever saw. And the next time I seen them, was they swimming the river, two of them. And they, one of them was bigger than the other, and one of them was faster than the other, and they swim just like a human. They long, them long, forehand strokes. I tried to get one of them to look at me, and the other one ran off and got out of the way, and the other one never would look at me. And I could have shot it, but I wouldn't do it on account it wouldn't look at me. It looked too much like a human to me. Broad shoulders, with arms hanging down below its knees. Hands looked almost like a human. Well, I don't like to talk about it because people don't, don't believe what you say, what you've seen. It is, and I don't like to be called a liar. Nobody does. Now, there's an interesting thing about Ted Williams. He just sort of disappeared one day while he was in the swamp. The police did eventually find his body, but there was no evidence that he drowned, which is really eerie until you realize that there are more than two ways to die in a swamp. The options aren't always drowning or being killed by a cryptid. Pretty weird, huh? Yet many disappearances in Honey Island Swamp have been attributed to the monster above all other possible and probable causes. After the In Search of crew left, and the local news swept in to talk to Harlan about the tracks he found in the Honey Island Monster, a hunter by the name of Rick Holyfield said that he found a shoe with one of the monster tracks glued to the sole. Well, this now introduced the notion that the Honey Island Swamp Monster could be a hoax. It's very reasonable to believe that such a thing was left behind by the In Search of crew, because they do show fresh tracks in a particular episode, that being 
episode 16 of season 2 of In Search Of, if you want to really analyze every angle. I personally wouldn't go all Zapruder film over this. Or it could have been left behind by Eagle Films from their documentary that doesn't seem to exist, or had, or maybe it had just had an extremely small release. But even a track glued to a shoe has not stopped sightings of the Honey Island Swamp Monster over the decades. The monster has been the subject of many shows exploring the unknown over the years. You know, you watch a... Uh, Swamp People on the History Channel or any of the Destination Discovery shows devoted to cryptids or the unexplained, and they will have segments devoted to the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Even Lloyd Pye, who is, let me check my notes here, aha, an authority in the field of alternative knowledge, examined the plaster cast and the tracks and claimed that this was clearly made by an upright, bipedal creature. I don't think anyone would argue with that. I certainly wouldn't argue that the tracks were made by an upright, bipedal creature, though we may differ on the specifics of the type of upright, bipedal creature that made them. But hey, he's an authority in the field of alternative knowledge, and I know enough not to show up to a paranormal fight with a dull Occam's razor. Harlan Ford sadly passed away in 1980, but years later, an 8mm film of his was found, which allegedly shows the Honey Island Swamp Monster running through the woods. This is the alleged film evidence that I mentioned earlier. The film itself is a bit grainy, which I would expect for anything shot on 8mm and stored for decades, but the scene of the monster was recreated a few years back, using a guy in a ghillie suit running through the swamp, and the results were surprisingly similar to the original footage. Throughout all of this, I bet you've been wondering, where did the Honey Island Swamp Monster originate? What is the Honey Island Swamp Monster's origin story. I mean, there are no apes native to Louisiana. Surprisingly, this creature's origin story is a bit more whimsical than, say, the Grunch from last week's episode. There are no societal outcasts inbreeding for centuries and then unleashing their wrath on unsuspecting victims in this story. The origin of the Honey Island Swamp Monster goes like this. Back in the early days of the 20th century, a circus train was passing through Louisiana when it derailed. Now, I did my research, damn it. In fact, in 1922, on October 31st to be exact, the Wortham Carnival Show circus train, 25 cars in length, was driving out of New Orleans when it was hit by an express train. You have no idea the kind of joy this podcast host experiences when he can find supporting documentation in not only local newspaper archives, but corroborating articles in old editions of the New York Times as well. But back to the story. The legend goes that after the train wreck, some of the chimpanzees escaped and made their way into the swamp where they started mating 
with alligators. Huh. And this is why the Honey Island Swamp Monster has those reptile-like claws, as reported by Harlan Ford. Yeah. So we have chimpanzees and alligators, and then magic happens, and we have the Honey Island Swamp Monster. A chimpanziligator. Right? So, so what are we left with? <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's a good story, isn't it? Uh, science, make it happen. We have a number of sightings from different people, and in some cases, multiple witnesses. The description, in all cases, certainly matches up with Ford's. The stench of the creature? Well, that can literally be chalked up to swamp gas. And I think this is the only instance I've seen swamp gas used as an explanation for events that didn't involve UFOs. Your legacy lives on, Dr. Hynek. Well, if you want to know more about Harlan Ford and his tales of the Honey Island Swamp Monster, just go to your nearest Google machine and look him up. You'll easily find a bunch of defunct angel fire sites like I did, as well as a site, a Weebly site run by Dana Holyfield, where she has amassed the most information about the legend. Dana has published a book on the topic, and she's appeared on numerous television shows to talk about the Honey Island Swamp Monster. There are also Honey Island Swamp Tours, but those tend to focus on the wildlife you can actually see. As for whether the Honey Island Swamp Monster really exists, or did exist at some point, that really depends on what you want to believe. As for me, well, I'm not really sure. I'm still trying to get this chimpanzee I uh, found interested in alligators. And that about wraps it up for our episode on the Honey Island Swamp Monster. If you want to get access to bonus material, photos, weird sounds, and whatnot, just join our Facebook page, which I will list in the show notes. Also, and this is exciting news, we finally have merch. That's right. If you want a Mothball Prophecies t-shirt, hoodie, or toilet paper, that can't be right. Anyway, if you want to get something with our show's logo and or mascot on it, Head on over to our store, which I will also link in the show notes. Do you have a weird story? Do you know someone who has experienced something that can't be explained? Tell me about it on our Facebook page, or send me an email to mothball at crescentcitymedia.com. Until next time, sleep tight. Sleep tight.